0: a1 custom car care all right good morning and welcome you got sarah and dustin a1 custom car care miss sarah how is fall treating you so far
1: i love me some (laughs) fall i'm pretty happy
0: so i talked to some folks today Uh, apparently there's already some persimmon seeds out there that people have put on the old internet, but, uh, I believe I've got a good buddy of mine. He's going to bring us some and we'll be able to cut them. Good, good. The news, I guess there's a persimmon seed festival. I think you have talked about it in the past.
1: Yes. And I cannot remember for the life of me where it's Seymour
0: or something. They, they, they were talking about it, but the word on the street is that people are seeing spoons already.
1: Mm, That means snow, right?
0: A lot of snow, typically. So I'll be interested for us to cut some open here in studio, kind of see what we've got, whether it's real or not. And I know that does vary, like, you know, if you get some out of like Buffalo or Bolivar versus way out in, you know, Sparta somewhere or something like that, you may get some variations there. Whether you think that this is real or not, I don't know. This is, you know, nothing's set in stone. Not picking on our weather folks out there, but, you know, it's kind of a wild guess, if you will. Um, but I'm interested, and I think it's cool. You know, the the woolly worms, have you seen any of those this year, uh, no, Sarah? No, uh,
1: but I do believe that somebody said that they were almost all black with just little speckles of brown.
0: So I'm not exactly sure what that, you know, entails of mm-hmm. what we're going to be looking at going into winter. But you always kind of see in the automotive world the weak link, if you will, during extreme high temperatures and extreme low temperatures or icy conditions, basically any of the extremes, if you will. So just trying to kind of I guess we're going to bat the ball around a little bit of what are we going to do to get ready for winter? And I've been thinking about that fable. I really need to look it up. I think, Sarah, we talked about it last week, that it's the ant and the grasshopper. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like the ant this year, where I'm really focused on getting ready for winter. And hopefully that pays off, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it.
1: The persimmons day festival this is what i'm doing over here well yeah (laughs) it is in sparta
0: it is in sparta Okay, Uh,
1: october 20th and 21st for those who are interested 9 a.m to 6 p.m it looks like it's going to be kind of in the the main area of sparta i have a feeling that sparta is not a very big town i think i've been there once or twice
0: so you go to ozark and you hang a left pretty much okay and that takes you out there to i
1: know i've probably been out there but i i have a feeling that if you just go out there, you can't miss it. I bet not. That's right.
0: I'll have to ask Troy. Troy has been with us for over 30 years, and he is a Sparta resident Oh, there. okay. So I'll have to have to hit Troy up about it and see if that's uh, something he give us the 411 on, if you will.
1: Yeah, it's in the, the roller park, and it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. They're going to have vendors, food, music, nice. games, a
0: parade. So, Sarah, not to put you on the spot. Okay. Sometimes I make some references that are a little bit old. And I the 411 is a little bit of an old reference. Do you know what that reference was for? Did you ever call information?
1: Uh-uh, no. But really? I've heard of the
0: 411. Okay. As I slid that out of there, you know, I was like, I bet Sarah may or may not know. Because that was an old thing mm-hmm. to call information or the operator back in the day and get somebody's phone number. I think they charged, if I remember right. Towards the end, it was like a $1.50 or something. Oh, wow. And it would be on your phone bill. So my folks... uh. If you're out there, I did use 411 a few times. I don't know if you (laughs) caught that on the pill, Um, but yeah, I would call and and have the operator look up the number. Um, So, yeah, a little bit of a, I make these references and like I'm around like a lot of younger people now. And sometimes it's just glad you know, glossy eyes. They're Like we don't, we don't. Well, understand. I have
1: heard that saying. Okay. so Good. We're good on that front. But awesome. I didn't, I didn't know it was four one one equals information. Yeah,
0: that was the information back in the day. We had a rotary phone for a long time. That was our oh, our legit home phone. Very
1: nice. Well, I did have a landline phone, mm-hmm. so I, I did have that, and it had the cord. Yeah. So and then we did get a cordless ah, landline phone. So that was pretty cool. Yes. But yes.
0: Technology is quite interesting now. It now you really can, is. Put a little small item in your ear and talk for hours and walk around wirelessly. That is true. So,
1: All right, back to cars yes. here. Uh, cars. And the whole reason we started talking about persimmons mm-hmm. and colder weather and all of that stuff is because we are officially in fall. Yep. And that means that it is a really good time to go ahead and get ahead of that thing fall car maintenance Mm -hmm. if you will and so I've pulled up a list of different vehicle maintenance and I figured that you could probably add to it and it's just kind of a good reminder of hey if you haven't done this yet Mm -hmm. now is a perfect time because as we begin to creep into October you know that colder weather Mm -hmm. it's going to be here before you know it so the first thing on this car maintenance fall list is to check belts and hoses. Mm-hmm. So what what are you going to be checking
0: for? So a lot of times a visual inspection will go a long way. One of the biggest issues with belts or hoses, but especially hoses in this instance, is oil or some kind of petroleum fluid leaking down on the hoses. I see that so often. And uh, even... You know, with technicians that are extremely good at what they do, I revisit that quite a bit through our training is that, you know, you need to be proactive on that and inspecting it and and even there, and I don't know how to convey it through the radio, but if you've done it enough and you have squeezed rubber hoses over the years, you know what a new and a good one feels like, and then you know what one that is deteriorated on the inside or has been soaked with some kind of a petroleum leakage, whether it's power steering, tranny fluid, um, engine oil, et cetera, will drastically cut down the life expectancy of those hoses. For instance, just to give you a real-world story, not to be story time with Dustin, but uh, we recently bought a new-to-us 16 Duramax, and I was able to get a pretty good deal on it, but a big part of that was because it had a significant oil leak that the dealer was up front. They disclosed. No big deal. But that oil leak had leaked down on the lower hose. Now, a Duramax radiator hose is not, you know, like a cheap hose. That's a $160 hose. So not only do you need to make sure you fix whatever the oil leak is or put a hose on it, but one affects the other. So if I just put a hose on it and I don't fix the oil leak, which I have fixed the oil leak, by the way... Um, then my new hose will be damaged and ruined. And so you need to pay attention to that kind of stuff because that's not forever that you're going to be able to have that and not have any trouble-free issues. I think where I, you know, kind of deal with this even in my personal life, let alone for our customers and friends and family that come into the shops – Either you make a priority of it or it will make a priority for you. And what I mean by that is if you're not being proactive on some of this stuff, and I'm not always proactive, by the way, it does happen, that I let things go and then all of a sudden they leave me or they, you know, rear their ugly head, For, for instance... Um, this is the time of the year that I start doing more wood processing. It's not 100 degrees outside right now. Uh, We do like to heat with wood to supplement our heat source and keep our utilities down a little bit. So I'm always kind of, you know, in the wood processing mood or mode, if you will. But I'm going to tell on myself right here, every time I go to get my log splitter, I've left it sit with fuel in it. It's affected the carburetor, and I spend an hour or so getting that thing running before I can use it. And I've done that for many years, which is not good. I'm not touting that, but I'm just keeping it real with you guys. So this year, what I did differently is, A, you need to be running um, you know, un, uh, non-ethanol fuel in there, which I do. I run a fuel additive in there as well, and then I put a shutoff in there where I can shut the fuel off and let it run out of fuel to that carburetor so I don't get a bunch of trash built up in that carburetor and let fuel sour in there. Now, I've already done all that. I did that here a few months back. Um, I've got it running just like it did when it was new, but that's because I didn't make a priority out of taking care of my equipment. And it made a priority for me that if you want to use it, you're going to give it some serious love, okay? And so that's essentially what Sarah and I are talking about right now. So a good visual inspection on your hoses, um, if you don't have the muscle memory or the experience to flex those hoses, and you have a trusted shop or a trusted family member or whatever, somebody that actually knows what they're doing, not that thinks that they know what they're doing, and there's two big uh, distinctions there and then a visual inspection on the belt itself if the belt's making noise if there's a bunch of cracks in it if it's dry rotted you probably need to get some things um in the works to get that fixed otherwise when the temperature is real crazy out there then all of a sudden it's going to make you take care of that and that is very uncomfortable but Sarah and I need to step into a break. We're going to pick it up on the fall winter discussion right after the break. We'll be right back. Your complete car care Custom Car Care. All right. Welcome back. You've got Sarah Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Hopefully, fall's treating you all well. I'm excited about fall. Sarah, not so much. She's kind of like, meh. <laughs> fall. <laughs> fall.
1: Fall. I love me some fall.
0: <laughs> no, you do. I really
1: do. Uh, so, we're talking fall maintenance. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that popped up on our fall maintenance checklist is, of course, check your belts and hoses. The mm-hmm. second one is check your fluids. So, yes. which fluids are we talking here?
0: Really, if you're not doing that monthly or having, you know, you don't got to do it yourself. If you've got a relationship with a service center, have them do it. Say, hey, I just want my fluids checked out. It is so important and it really will head off a lot of issues. So I typically do it um, and I've even, I don't want to say groom the kids, but I think I've nagged them enough that they will do it, which is really cool. They're very diligent about their oil changes, etc. But... If I get in a situation where I see coolant a little low, say, you know, that's kind of the hot one that everybody's going to be talking about is they want to make sure the good is good. With that being said, I, I had a young lady come in and she was she did an awesome job. She brought it in for service, was having some issues. She said, hey, I've had to add water to the system. Now, I usually see maybe a couple of cases a year where during the summer, coolant gets low, so they add water to it. And then the winter is where that, you know, rears its ugly head, if you will. Um, and I've seen it ruin engines, where it'll crack an engine block if it freezes or radiator, etc. So if you have added water, or if you don't know the vehicle's history, you need to have the strength of that checked. So to answer your question, Coolant's probably going to be one of the very first ones that I go after. I want to make sure that it's good and clean. I'd like to know how long it's been in there, how many miles, how many years. I'd also like to know its strength, um, so where the freezing and boiling points are, as well as even something a little bit further is the acidity level. Certain makes and models of vehicles, the coolant gets more acidic, and I can super nerd out why, but unless you want to know that, we're not going to talk about that right now. But I want to make sure that it's going to function when it's negative 20 outside or if it's, you know, boiling point, you know, is, you know, 230 or 240, depending on the pressure. I want to make sure it's going to perform at both of those extremes. Now, we've gotten through the summer and the weak points, um, I guarantee, have shown themselves when it was 100 and whatever outside. Right. Now we're on the other side that when it's freezing outside, that coolant better do its job and it better not freeze and it better be full So that's going to be my number one, probably. I think that's kind of the softball one. Obviously, engine oil is going to be right in there. Transmission fluid of some kind, differential. Transfer case and differential fluid is really overlooked because they don't typically give you a lot of problems. But if I need my four-wheel drive out there, I better have my transfer case and my differentials in good shape. I will tell you, transfer case and differential is probably, if I had to pick the fluid that is most overlooked or neglected. Those are it. People never service the differential, very seldom, and very, even more seldom do they service the transfer case. They're pretty reasonable services. Um, If you're a high-end DIYer, they're pretty easy to do. We have some cool equipment that'll suck it out and put it in there, which makes it a lot easier, Um, as well as if you do it under a certain mileage, we'll offer some protection plan on those components. So God forbid you do have a problem, we can be in your corner to help with some of that.
1: You ready for the next one? Yes. Okay. And you'll love this one okay. because I know we're going to go on a tangent Uh-oh. here. Uh-oh. Yes check your tires (laughs) (laughs) so right now it is a really good time and actually i believe it was last week ryan was on with us in the morning show and he talked about tires Mm -hmm. and he talked about something that we've went in depth with which i know we'll talk about it but he talked about the easy tip on how to check your tread depth Mm -hmm. and that is with the penny in lincoln's head and So it'd be a really good time to do that Mm -hmm. and check that and also make sure that if you're needing to order tires, do you recommend snow tires?
0: Depends on the application. I have a customer who is a traveling nurse okay, and she loves her car. She drives a high horsepower rear wheel drive car every day of the year. So what that means to her is she needed more traction during the winter. So we ordered her a set of Blizzak is the, the type of tire that we got her. It's a snow rated tire. She has a Dodge Challenger with a 5.7 Hemi in it. Runs really good. And so we needed some additional traction for her so she could get to her patients as she traveled around. Now, what we do for her is we, we you know, she bought the tires, we put them on. She kept her old tires. I would probably recommend getting an extra set of wheels if you can. But in her case, we just switch the tires out. You do have to stretch the tire so it's not the greatest, but, you know, a couple of times a year, not a big deal. So every year we put on the Blizzacks about this time. We take them off in the spring. So... If you were in Colorado, I would absolutely say you need some winter-rated tires. Here are good all-season tires, typically what I recommend. It usually goes through the questioning process of what you use the truck for or the car for or the minivan for, whatever it is. Um, There's some great tires out there that are kind of a jack-of-all-trades, if you will, and do an awesome job that we can fit you. But I need to know what you're doing with the vehicle. You know, if you... Are somebody that sits at home when the weather's bad then i don't need to put an all-season or all-terrain tire on your vehicle you're going to stay at home so it's not going to affect you if you're you know like this young lady that's a, a traveling nurse she's got to get to her patients um, we thankfully have an awesome nurse that takes care of our little ones so this is near and dear to my heart and i want to make sure that you know they're getting where they need to go because there's a lot of folks that need in-home care and that is part of it now if you're dealing with somebody like me about tires then i need a good probably eight ten ply tire i need a good all-terrain all-season mud snow tire and i will factor that in when we choose the right tires it's not always just off of budget i want you to get value for that so if i do and put a really cheap inexpensive tire on there but it blows out gets you stuck or doesn't perform for what it needs to be did i do you any favors
1: now speaking of budget i know that we've discussed this in previous shows and you know inflation it's infected everything including tire costs so what are you seeing right now in the industry it's stabilized some okay
0: and so what we did i think even for my mom was she's gonna need tires before winter and i'm gonna put her a set of tires but i went ahead and pre-ordered her a set of tires and they're sitting next to my shop right now so i could lock in the price at that point in time they are still affecting that and as the world continues to get crazy they're probably not going to get cheaper in my professional opinion I would recommend that you do it, which is exactly where I put my money where my mouth is with my mom's there. And I talked to her and said, hey, it would be a good idea that we have a new set of tires sitting on hand. Cost has already been assessed and she she will probably get another 60, 80,000 miles out of these tires. And then I know what she's got. And this may be the last set of tires for this particular vehicle she's got. Uh, I think it's an old." Two or three Chevy Trailblazer. Mm. We just rolled over three hundred plus thousand wow. miles on our Trailblazer, so we're kind of planning for her, and that's why we went ahead and ordered those tires. That you know, not saying there's anything wrong with it. She's driving it just like everything else, but we're planning that transition to a new vehicle or a newer vehicle or maybe a brand new one. We've talked about that with her this weekend. Um, that you know, we're making the investments so we're very tactical in the timing and getting her the best deal and that we're not backed into a corner to, hey, mom's got to have a vehicle right this second. We got to buy whatever we can get our hands on. So it's just kind of being a little bit uh, looking down the road a little bit, if you will. And so if you're in that boat, you know I'm not saying you're getting a new car, but the tire prices are probably going to keep going up for a while. I would say next several years
1: so earlier when we first started this discussion Mm -hmm. we talked about ryan doing the the penny test for your tread so kind of walk us through that on how to do it
0: so you that's a, a very good way you basically turn the coin upside down and if you can see or not see the top of lincoln's head then you know hey i need tires or i don't need tires There's also something built into most tires now that you see out there called wear bars. And essentially in the width of the tire, in the voids of the tread, you'll see a raised area kind of down in the bottom of the tread. And that's a good visual, easy way that the manufacturer built in there that says, hey, once this wear bar is even with the tread along with Lincoln's head, same premise, that, hey, it is time to get some tires. The other thing that we talk about quite often is the date code on the sidewall of the tire. Typically, it's an oval um, raised four-digit number. The first two digits are the week that the tire was made, the last two digits are the year. So, for instance, if it says 2515, that was the 25th week of 2015 that those tires were made. Okay. Okay typically eight years is really the outside that i want to see a date on there six years i'm going to start thinking okay we probably need to start discussing some tires so i i don't know how much time we got just a brief little bit for instance the reason i bring this up i had a dear friend a few years ago they had a one ton uh ford motorhome which had six tires on there well anybody that knows about motorhomes or trailers a lot of times the tires sit and they don't, they don't wear out. They go bad over years of, of being exposed to the elements. So they were going to go on a trip to Florida. I did a bunch of work, gave it a big checkout. Trip went flawlessly. But a big haggling point, if you will, or a, a sticking point, is I had re- recommended tires before they left due to the date code, okay? We don't sell used tires, but we pulled these tires off, and one of my techs decided to use them on his stock trailer, So he took four of them. He was going to use it local. Within a very short amount of time, he had blown three of the four tires. Oh, so
1: it was a good thing they did get new tires.
0: So we don't sell used tires. This was just a, hey, I got an old trailer. I want to put some tires on, not spend some money. Had we not made that recommendation, they would have blown multiple tires, I can tell you with authority, because he blew three of the four, three of the six. And he had to make sure and throw all the other ones away because it was a accident waiting to happen. So that date code is really, really important, especially if you're going to go with uh, excessive weight, long trip, or inclement weather. So that's something to think about. But Sarah and I are down at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Springfield's Talk one oh four one KSGF. We'll be right back after the break.
1: Your complete car care solution.
0: A1 Custom Car Care. All right. Welcome back. Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Hopefully, if we do nothing else, Sarah, today, we maybe put some ideas in people's mind? Do you think that's kind of where we're going with the well, show? Well,
1: and I am going to actually be scheduling myself a fall checklist, yeah. you know, maintenance thing as well with you guys here in the next couple of weeks, Um, especially because my personal vehicle, mm-hmm. I've been rotating in and out between uh, an endorsement that yeah. I do and my personal vehicle. Sure. And so my personal vehicle has been setting a lot more than what it typically mm-hmm. would. And I think that it's really good, to especially to have have those um, belts and hoses checked, oh, yeah. my tires checked, all of that stuff, because they have been setting. Now, oh. I have a, a carport, so... Which is awesome. Yeah, so I know that it's a little bit more mm-hmm. protected versus if it was setting out in the elements, but it is still good to check those yeah. things.
0: Well, and we can't have Sarah breaking down. No. That's not acceptable. That,
1: that's breaking news if that happens. That is. <laughs> I've always felt
0: that way. You know, Of course, uh, Lois and Kenny, are who I've worked for forever, absolutely awesome people, and I, I I feel like if you're part of the A1 Custom family, not just if you work here or, you know, are part of the show and, and part of the company, if we are who you choose to take care of your vehicle, I take that super seriously. And when you break down and you have to call me that, hey, a tow truck's bringing it in, I sure want to mitigate that as much as possible. Has right. it happened? And I've had to call a tow truck personally. Yes, it happens. But out of all the years of the craziness that I've done, and I've done some very interesting stuff automotive related, I have learned how to kind of head that off at the pass, if you will, that there's a lot we can do to keep you from ever having to call a tow truck, that when you need that vehicle, it had better perform. And if it doesn't, we better figure out what's going on with it and get to the bottom. of. Does that make any sense? It does. So...
1: Going back to our fall list here. You're keeping us
0: on track. I am. We've got a lot of things to cover.
1: (laughs) Short time too. So quick recap. Number one, check your belts and hoses. Check your fluid levels. Check your tires. Number four on the list is a. This is a good one too. Mm -hmm. Is to check that emergency kit. Now I don't know about Mm. you, but I have like two separate emergency kits. I do have my my fall and winter one, and then I have my spring and summer one. And I kind of rotate those because there's a lot of different things that go oh, yeah. with them so for instance um you know make sure that you have gloves mm-hmm. make sure you have your ice scraper if oh, you yeah. take that out make sure that you have your blanket in case mm-hmm. you need one I always keep one in the car mm-hmm. just Because I got the little one and I get cold easy. For sure. Um, Make sure to check your first aid Mm kits. Make sure that everything is up to date and you have everything that you need in that. Jumper cables and a jump box. If you have a jump box, make sure to check that battery. And also check the batteries if you have a flashlight in there. And, um if you have non-perishable food items, maybe like, you know, like crackers or things mm-hmm. like that, check the dates on those and make sure that those aren't expired or it's a good time to, you know, kind of change, Rotate those, them out. Yep. change those things out if they've been sunny for a while. Um, is there anything that I'm missing on that one? So,
0: you know, um, how do I put this? Uh, I'm a little bit fanatical. Fanatical is probably a strong word, but we're going to go with it about preparedness, right? Mm-hmm. So do you know what a bug out bag is? I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hopefully a lot of you out there also know what it is. But it's a bag that you typically take with you that has uh, essentials in it. Yes. Now, the reason I bring all this up is is to dovetail in what you're talking about is that that needs to change seasonally. Yes. And that's exactly what you're talking about. We're going into a different season. So maybe I've got mine set up for a lot of summer related issues but I need to bolster up. I do not carry a blanket in my vehicle most of the time, which that would be important. Candles, flares, et cetera. You need to shift that over a little bit for the winter and bolster that, hey, we may be dealing with not extreme heat like we normally did. Um, We're gonna be dealing with extreme cold, slick weather, no starts, et cetera. So you need to seasonally really shift that car care or roadside Um, equipment around because you're not dealing with the same issues. Sarah, I want to float something by you here and the listeners out there. I'd love your guys' feedback. Uh, Mr. O is a near and dear friend of the show and A1 uh, in general. Um, He brought up a few years ago that I need to develop a car care kit that's like endorsed or you know, stuff that I use that's proven, et cetera. And I took note and when he said it, I'm like, that's an awesome idea. I just don't have the bandwidth right now to put that together. But I've been having this idea about our new store there going in.
1: That would be an excellent giveaway. A giveaway. That's yes.
0: exactly where I'm going with it. Oh, so that's awesome. I think I'm going to in the next few weeks and I'd love your all's feedback. So you guys know what Sarah and I talk about here on the show quite often. I'd love your feedback. A, if you're interested in it, this is going to be a one-off kit. We're just going to experiment and we're going to give it away to one of the, you know, customers or listeners or whoever. Um, However, we figure out how to do that to promote our grand opening. But it's going to be stuff that I personally use. I'm going to get with uh, Ryan that does our marketing and do a video about the kit, how it's used, why I use it, why I carry it. Really some of the reasons behind it, because most of the reason I built these kits is because I've been stuck somewhere without whatever the piece is. And I'll give you a little backstory on how that'll help you and really how I help mainly other people on the roadside more than I do myself. It is nice to be able to help yourself and not rely on, you know, somebody else to come save you. But that's really, I guess, A, a big focus of this show, Sarah, you and I talk about that all the time, mm-hmm. is taking care of yourself or being proactive. But B, I want to be able to impart a full-blown, what I would use or what I do take that I spend my hard-earned money on. When we travel, this is the, this is what I bring. This is the kit that I use, et cetera, et cetera. And so... If that interests somebody out there, I'd sure like some feedback on it. I think
1: that's a great idea. I think it's
0: going to be something that I really enjoy. And it's been a lot of hard uh, lessons learned from the School of Hard Knocks (laughs) of being in a spot that's like, oh, I really wish I had XYZ. And this is how I never get in the spot again.
1: Right. Well, and I know that from personal experience, whenever you're getting into something new, whether it is um, taking your car emergency kits Mm -hmm. a little more serious or um, just, I mean, there's a bazillion different types of examples that you can give, but, you know, that can be kind of daunting to get that Mm -hmm. started. You know, what brand do I use? Do I need the best of the best Mm -hmm. because it's going to be sitting in the back of my car do i really need this item versus that item you know um one thing that we do get a lot of questions about is do you recommend a jump box versus jump jumper cables Mm -hmm. and you know there's pros and cons to both of those items and so uh, i think that it's a great idea that you guys are going to potentially do an emergency car kit
0: giveaway i'm pretty excited about it and and like i said this is stuff that i personally use keep by um so i'm intimately familiar with these and what they're capable of or what they're not capable of and that really hopefully will help somebody out there that if they're ever in that that spot or it's a loved one in that spot that they can be the one that swoops in and helps out
1: right all right. Another item on the fall maintenance checklist is to check your heater. Mm-hmm. Have you used yours yet?
0: So I have, actually. I this have is too. the weird time of year where I'm I'm using the defroster in the morning and then the air conditioner in the afternoon. Yep. And so I've used mine quite often. We do see a big influx of people that have had issues with their heat that they didn't know about because mm. they haven't been using it. So the next few months, we're going to be dealing with a lot of lack of heat and more importantly the lack of defrost function heat's important but being able to see and the function of that defrost makes a huge difference so hopefully we got some other uh, tips and tricks that we're going to share with you but right now we're going to step into our last break and we'll pick it up on the other side your complete car care solution a1 custom car care Alright, welcome back. we got Sarah and Dustin. we got just a little time. I will try not to get off on a tangent too much. Do we have some other things on this here list? Sarah? We
1: do, but I'm going to do a quick recap in case you're just tuning mm-hmm. in. We are talking fall car maintenance yep. tips. So on our list is check your belts and hoses, check the fluid levels, check your tires, make sure that your emergency car care kit is up to date, uh, we check your heat, and now we're talking check your brakes. Mm-hmm. So what are things that People need to be aware of as we move into the fall, colder weather.
0: So, foundation breaks, which would be your rotors and pads down at the wheels, is you know, typically if something's going on with them, you have a pulsation, a vibration, noise, etc. If you're having any of that, that pretty much speaks for itself. You need to figure that out because it's not going to fix itself, regardless of what Stephen King movie is out there that says that it will. Uh, huge, huge fan of that movie, by the way. But I digress when it comes to winter something that i always do is make sure that my anti-lock brakes function correctly because i won't say that you don't use them during the spring summer or fall if you really get in a skid situation the abs or the analog brake system really kicks in along with stability control they're all safety systems that keep you in control of the vehicle so I don't know if anybody out there is old school and has driven a vehicle without ABS, but if you get in a skid situation and the vehicle, the wheel is locked up, you lose your ability to steer. And that's the biggest concern, as well as when you go to a skidding event, typically your stopping distance increases instead of decreases. So what does the analog brake do? It lets the wheel get maximum traction and it monitors the rotation speed up until the point of wheel lockup and then it releases the wheel. And so if you've ever been in an ABS event and you hit the brakes and you get a humming sound, a vibration in the brake pedal, and if the headlights are on, typically the headlights will dim or your lights inside the car will dim. That's because the ABS unit is requiring a tremendous amount of voltage or amperage to perform and allow the vehicle to stay in control, decrease the stopping distance, and still have the ability to steer the vehicle. Sarah, did any of that make any sense?
1: So what I'm hearing is colder weather can heighten brake problems.
0: Well, you don't use your ABS system very often, Mm -hmm. so you don't know that it's not working until you need it, and then it doesn't work. Right. So what I do is when the weather's crappy and there's snow or ice on the ground, The moment I leave, wherever I'm going, I get in a safe area, and I exercise the ABS brakes. So I get into a skid situation, and I see how it's going to affect it. Now, if you can't do this with good common sense, don't do it, okay? Uh, I'm just putting that out there. I check my mirrors. I make sure nobody's behind me. I'm in a good open area where I'm not going to get rear-ended because I'm stopping somewhere, etc. Common sense is gonna go a long way here. But the reason that I do this is A, I wanna make sure my foundation brakes work correctly, so we've covered that. But B, I wanna know, A, is the ABS working and how it's gonna react during a slick, uh, slippery situation. Now, if you have pastors in the car, you need to tell them what you're doing. I have done this and not explained it previously. And they look at me like I got four heads. Um, So just putting that out there, I want to know that the system's going to work and I want to know how it's going to react during slick situations before I experience it because some obstacles in front of me. Hopefully that makes sense.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes, it does. All right, next on our list is install all-weather floor mats. Oh, now, this yeah. is kind of an option. I love that. But I read, and I don't know, it's probably a couple years ago, that installing all-weather mm-hmm. floor mats, it is great to keep all of that gunk that kind of yes. goes along with, you know, like your yep. de-icer and everything, because that can really kind of erode your vehicle. Oh, yeah, big time. And You know, a lot of people typically whenever we move closer to the winter months Mm -hmm. and, you know, we're having MoDOT prepare the roads and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're putting just all that all that stuff on the roads. I know that a lot of places recommend if you can to also clean off the bottom of your vehicle and to keep that gunk from kind of Mm -hmm. building up because it erodes. So installing all weather floor mats, that's a good option to keep inside of your vehicle safe.
0: Yep. This We are not endorsed by WeatherTech, but they're probably the Cadillac of all the all-weather floor mats, if Mm -hmm. you will. They will hold, in most vehicles, if you spill a 32-ounce soft drink. Do you have
1: personal experience? I do.
0: I sure do. (laughs) They will hold it in there, and I was able to you know mop it up with everything i could find right it was such a big mess instead of undoing the paper towels i took the whole roll and just stuck it in there to soak it up hey That's way to do it. it worked yeah. it worked really well but it was also rigid enough that all the ice i could pick the floor mat up once i had most of it out and pour it out and it didn't ruin my carpet very very good i didn't realize that was uh, on the list but whoever put that on there well done yeah, it's
1: smart um the second to last one number nine check your lights right Mm -hmm. now is a good time to check those brake lights to check your headlights and also clean them if Mm -hmm. you can now i know that there are some things that you can buy at like the big box part stores Mm -hmm. do those items typically work
0: they kind of work okay and so it has a buffing or an abrasive compound that gets kind of that glaze off of the light. But what most people don't do that you really must do is mask it off and shoot a layer of clear coat on there to reseal the light. Otherwise, you buff that glaze off there, and then you've exposed the new material, and it, it it's honestly gets worse. Mm. And so if you follow the directions, you mask it off, you do all the nine, um, it works really, really well. Now, if you go the other route and order some cheap stuff off you know Amazon or eBay, it looks good for a while, but usually they leak. And so a lot of times I will choose to buff or do a better job on factory original lighting assemblies than I will ordering things off the Internet. And I'm speaking from experience. Um, sometimes you can get those lenses for 30 bucks, but within a month they're mm-hmm. junk. Yeah. And so you got what you paid for, if you will. So. I'm a fan. So we're at nine. Mm-hmm. We better squeeze number 10 in there. Number
1: 10 is check the battery.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Nobody likes to be broke down. No And thank The battery you. doesn't. Yes. So you have multiple things on batteries. I don't want to run off too long nope, with you're this. Good. But reserve capacity is the ability of the battery to. Um, maintain, I believe it is 20 amperage of draw for an extended amount of time. So let's just do easy math, if you will. If your reserve capacity is 100, it will put out 20 amps for 100 minutes, I believe is how that works. If I'm wrong, somebody correct me, I'm, I'm not, I'm a big boy, I can be wrong and somebody tell me and not get my feelings hurt. But reserve capacity, so if you wanna leave your key on, accessory, headlights, it's how well that battery will deal with the sustained output of voltage or amperage in this case before the battery's discharge. So that's something that's really important as well as the cranking capacity or the cold cranking amps that a battery can put out. Very, very important. Um, a lot of times, if you listen to the vehicle and you know what it sounds like when it starts, you know how long you hold the key on or how long when you push the button, it cranks over before it fires up. You, you can hear in relationship to the speed of cranking or the cranking RPM, revolutions per minute. That is really a telltale sign. And I will tell you from experience, if you're proactive at getting a battery put in before it's just absolutely clapped out and leaves you stuck somewhere, typically your alternator, your starter, and a lot of your electrical systems will ha- will be trouble-free for hundreds of thousands of miles. Now, if you put in a remanufactured alternator or a low-end cheap battery, and that alternator has to work much harder than it should, you will get a significantly decrease in the amount of time that that alternator lives or the battery lives. There are some significant budget batteries out there, and batteries like tires have gone up probably 2 to 300%. I can remember being able to buy a battery for fifty-two to fifty-nine dollars for almost any vehicle out there, not that long ago. And I recently had a good friend of mine; they needed a battery. They went into the big box parts store. They did buy a little bit better battery, but that battery was over two hundred bucks for a regular old Chevy platform pickup suburban. Am I saying hey, you just got to spend the world? No, but don't buy the cheapest one because the Other systems that it affects will cost you dearly. So I typically, my favorite is if I am um, working on a Ford, I buy a motorcraft battery and put in there. I am a huge, huge proponent of factory replacement batteries. Even my Honda, I've got a Honda uh, Rubicon uh, Foreman 500 four-wheeler. The battery that came in it lasted over three, maybe four years. Um, When it went bad, I went back to Honda, and I bought a battery and put it in from Honda. So we have the ability to source all those factory replacement parts, by the way, so you're not locked into having to go to the dealer. But uh, it's definitely something that will pay off dividends is having a good factory replacement battery. And if not, and you get just a, a generic battery from whoever it's worth it a little bit there is more value to buy the middle of the road or even the upper end battery um than to buy the cheap one and then later you know buy once cry once if you will you know you pay the piper in the beginning but it gives you a lot of good trouble-free years of service versus in six months you're you know having to go back in and put a different battery or alternator or whatever the case may be so very very important
1: well we've got just a couple of minutes left is there anything else that you can think of that maybe people kind of overlook whenever it comes to fall vehicle maintenance
0: one of the things that comes to mind and i am very picky about it is my wipers Mm. it uh, so i clean my windows every single time i stop and fuel every time And I'm real picky about my wiper blades. I want a good, clean, but I'm also very hard on them. So I'm the guy that doesn't park his vehicle under any kind of carport. So I'm using degreaser, ah, degreaser, Hmm. de-icer, windshield washer fluid when the windshield's all covered in frost and that tears my wipers up pretty bad. So I actually stock wipers. I keep them at the house um, because I change them out. You have your own
1: little store. I do
0: a little (laughs) bit. Uh, I keep them for the kids' car as well. And and I remember right now as we're sitting here, Trinity asked for wipers the other day. So I need to get uh, wipers on her car before winter gets into too heavy or insets too much. So Um, That's probably the one that I think of most as well as a good way to remove snow and frost from your vehicle and stay safe so you can see if i meet you out there on the road
1: all right well i will make sure to put this list up on our podcast section at ksgf.com click on the uh, a1 custom car care podcast and that's where you'll be able to find the list awesome um, now if you are out there in radio land you have a question or a comment for either me or dustin give you us can, some feedback yeah you it. can give us a text on our text line that phone number is 417-447- five seven four three or you can reach out to us on our social media that is at one oh four one KSGF Dustin I hope you have a good rest of your weekend.
0: You as well. Be safe out there.
1: Bye.